It's not just a particular progressive practice like project-based learning or competency-based pathways that matters to me as much as high-quality professional learning as the lifeblood of continuous improvement. So I really am a big believer in the big effect size of quality teaching on student outcomes. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, where we unpack what's new and innovative in education. And today we're talking with Michael Seguero, Director of Professional Development at the Eagle Rock Professional Development Center in Colorado. He is a longtime educator who is out to rechart the course of professional learning for adults. Despite naysayers' negative reports about ineffective PD, he believes that high-quality professional learning is a key component to building strong teams and growing strong school communities. In this podcast, Michael shares more about Eagle Rock and what he thinks high-quality professional development looks like and entails for educators, be it for project-based learning or other forms of student-centered learning. So sit back, close your eyes, and envision you're on a beautiful campus right in the middle of Rocky Mountain National Park in Colorado. Today, we are talking with Michael Seguero from Eagle Rock. Michael, could you go ahead and introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about what the work is that you do and how you got to Eagle Rock? Sure. I'm Michael Seguero. I'm the Director of Professional Development at Eagle Rock School and Professional Development Center. This organization was a philanthropic initiative by American Honda Motor Company back in the early 90s, and I was fortunate enough to be on the founding team. I was uh, one of the first instructors before we opened, developed the first curriculum in 93, and I was here for four and a half years as a house parent and a math and science instructor. I then left and spent nine years in New York City public education. The last job I had there was both as the founding principal of a big picture high school in the Bronx, and I was also a lead facilitator with the New York City Leadership Academy supporting aspiring principals uh, to become and be placed as principals in the New York City system. And then the uh, opportunity came up to return about 11 years ago to Eagle Rock in this position as the director of the national side of the organization. So I moved from the school side in those early years and now directing the national mission, which is to support high schools around the country to increase engagement for high school students. Tell us a little bit more about Eagle Rock and what the Professional Development Center is, the school. Give our audience a little bit of that background. Sure. Um, We're both – we have one vision, one mission, which is to increase – engagement with high school students around the country. We have a number of ways we do that, but largely you could say we have a two-fold strategy. One is that we have a school ourselves. We run a year-round residential school for young people who have not regularly found success in traditional school settings. It's possible they may have dropped out. It's possible they may just be, it's not, they identify it as not a track for them, but It is something they've self-identified. It's not working for them. They come here voluntarily, and we provide a full scholarship for everyone that we accept. So if we were keeping track of – if we were in the public school system, we would be considered a high-poverty school with over 80% free and reduced lunch in our population. We have 72 student population at a time, and it's co-ed. They come in at the ages of 15 to 18 years old and graduate at a self-paced pathway. And 
they, it culminates in a uh, dually accredited high school diploma. We have a 25-day wilderness experience that all our students join in the very beginning of their time here. And then once they're back from the wilderness work, they just join the rest of our veteran students. So we're heterogeneous. We don't grade students in terms of A's, B's, and C's, nor by 9th, 10th, 11th grade. They sign up for thematically-based relevant classwork, and they map out their own personalized pathway to graduation. That's the fabulous. Other, so it's student-centered down to the, to the very core. Down to the core. They sign up for those classes like they were in college. We're on a beautiful campus, a square mile of land in Estes Park, Colorado, up in a gateway community to Rocky Mountain National Park. We're built up on about 150 acres of the 650 acres, and uh, it really looks like a college campus. Michael then shares more about what it's like to live on Eagle Rock campus, both as a student and a house parent, and how the residential element really helps with the community and culture. As I mentioned, I was one of the first house parents here at the school. We live in a home with up to 12 students. So we have that many beds actually available um, right. in terms of the houses that we have on campus. Um, and it's uh, I'd say a key to the school itself is how relationally and community-driven that we are. There's a gathering uh, six days a week in which staff and students attend, and it's like the heart of our community. Announcements are made. Staff or students lead that gathering space for half an hour. Um, we have numerous other um, community strategies that are threaded through our daily life together. And just being small like this, often you'll hear students talk about it as a family. And what's the development work look like for those teachers, instructors? Um, I'm not sure what you call them. Yeah, that's a great segue to the professional development center work. So we obviously have an overlap in that um, the professional development center is a team that's part of the whole organization. And we do support various initiatives and professional learning within the school itself. But we don't exclusively support that. Um, there's other, the director of curriculum, the director of students, for example, will run their own professional development and professional learning for their teams on campus. The majority of our time in the professional development center is actually working around the country. So I just came back from Austin Independent School District last week helping to support the spread of entrepreneurship education through all their high schools. And then I'm headed to Portland today to work with an alternative school set of campuses to help them increase more progressively designed curriculum. So we have work week to week traveling around the country supporting other, um, and that's the second prong of the organization strategy, is we're out there and the philanthropy supports our supporting of schools that are up to the same mission as we are, which is to have some more thrilling and engaging education for high school students. All right, so I have to ask, what do you think thrilling and engaging education for high school students look like? And then the second part of that question is, how do you create professional learning experiences for teachers so that they can then go forth and facilitate those for students? Yeah, the... Um the primary way we work is I like to use a metaphor that I took from a friend who started a cooking school. And that metaphor is that, uh, and she said this about her cooking school, we will teach you how to cook with the ingredients in your own kitchen. 
So instead of having this sort of, you know, you watch the Food Channel and you have this envy about being able to produce all these things, but you don't even have a Dutch oven at home or the ingredients that they're talking about, we take a very what we call an asset-based approach. So rather than having some products off the shelf that we train people up to, we always begin with inventorying the assets that they have in their own setting as regards their aspirations. So we're not experts per se, let's say, in project-based learning, competency-based learning, or restorative justice, just to name three examples. But we provide facilitative support in all three of those areas and more. We work with formative assessment, new school startup. We develop, uh, we've helped coach equity fellows who are working on uh, achieving more equitable outcomes in schools around the country. We're able to work with all these various topics that all have some student-centered, high-engagement promise to it because we don't need to be experts in those particular areas, though we have a lot of experience with them. What we do is ask the folks that we work with, what got your attention? What is it that you're aspiring to? What's your vision? And then we help them develop their own answer, their own version of that aspiration by building on their local context. Absolutely. We just were talking with Larry Rosenstock, the founder of High Tech High, and he had a very similar quote where he said, the city is the school context. The city and the place is what makes a school breathe and live and that that should be the foundation. So similar to what you said, what's in your kitchen? Have you worked with any schools or leaders where their aspiration was to do student-centered work that involves projects? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, three come to mind. Uh, one is we work with a place called the New Mexico Center for School Leadership in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and they have incubated a number of – they're not a charter management organization, but instead they're an incubator with a particular mm -hmm. framework for what charters could look like that serve students most in need. So they, they uh, very much have as part of their mission to serve underserved communities. And they made a commitment from the very beginning that all their schools, the pedagogy would be around project-based learning. So uh, the other aspect of their school is that they have a partnership with some industry that helps inform what are, what's a graduate profile look like for folks that might be interested in that industry. So they have schools like ACE Leadership, that's architecture, construction, and engineering. They have tech leadership, health leadership, a new entrepreneurship-focused school called Siembra. And every single one of those schools have as their core pedagogy projects. Um, then we also work, uh, they're relatively new to it, but we work with a number of school districts in the Ohio Valley near Pittsburgh. Um, they're centered around Steubenville, Ohio. And one school in particular, Toronto High School, is not only looking to shift more into project-based learning throughout their high school curriculum, but they just passed some sort of funding measure that allows them to build a new high school in the, in the upcoming years. And their community, we also help them uh, screen uh, most likely to succeed and see what a different vision of education could look like their community has decided that with that new building, it should be built around the concepts of project-based learning so as to support that pedagogy. We have worked with the last 10 years very closely with big picture learning around the country, and every one of them are committed to their own version of project-based learning. Um, 
So we have supported those schools for years. You're listening to the Getting Smart Podcast, and we're chatting with Michael Seguero from Eagle Rock Professional Development Center. Leaders like Michael are making high-quality teaching possible by creating high-quality learning experiences for educators crafted after their school goals and commitments. Let's listen in as Michael shares more with us about how equity is a huge driving force for the work both at Eagle Rock School and at the Professional Development Center. First of all, if people have these rich student-centered experiences, yes, we believe if, if they're accessible to all young people and with appropriate scaffolding and support, it will produce, it is one of the strategies to produce more equitable outcomes in the end. Before that even though, there is an access issue around equity and that is, <clears throat> it's, a, it's a gross generalization, but if we say that a lot of the student-centered work looks a lot like what you might find in gifted and talented programs in high-income school districts. You could, you could say how that only is accessible to a small number of students. So even when you have those kinds of opportunities in places, sometimes even in the same school building, it's, it may be, it's like success to the successful. The ones that are doing well get more access to those things. And people are holding off on providing access to those rich experiences because they might be under some, what I think is a myth, that they have to build up some basic skills first before they can allow access to those things. We are an independent school, so even though we have a public mission and our population looks like a public school population from New York, from New York City, um, we treat things like the arts, music, physical education, math and science on equal footing. We have a rich, diverse access to all the same sort of opportunities that you'd find at a high-priced scholarship, uh, a high-priced tuition independent school, because we believe that that should be accessed by all students. Tell me if there's anything else you want to share with us or other things that are on your horizon, lessons learned from Eagle Rock, um, anything that you think that we need to hear about. Well, I just think that uh, since, since my wheelhouse now is more on the national work and providing solid professional learning, that I just want to emphasize that it's not just a particular progressive practice like project-based learning or competency-based pathways that matters to me as much as high-quality professional learning as the lifeblood of continuous improvement. So I really am a big believer in the big effect size of quality teaching on student outcomes. And I think, sadly, that research has been sort of misused to develop less healthy teacher evaluation systems. But I mm -hmm. think that the research does justify a significant commitment to professional development. And that if, that's, if, if teachers are at the core of what makes the difference in a child's life, then we ought to be really putting a lot of priorities and emphasis on high-quality professional learning. And to me, that's what gets me going. Any, any place I go to, any school district, any school around the country that we're working with, we want to make sure that we're building a plan so that they have really rich and rewarding professional learning and they have a project-based learning experience through their professional development that we think is just as engaging for students, it's engaging for teachers. Give me an example of, you know, what do you do that's different? 
Well, it goes back to the metaphor about uh, the ingredients. We teach you to cook with the ingredients in your own kitchen. If that's the case, then I've got to find out what's in your kitchen. So the very first step that we always take is deeply listen. We, go, we do interviews, observations in classes, and we inventory the pieces that they have. So we report that out to staff in a very, in, it, it's almost universally an uplifting moment because all we report on is the assets. So we, and we're so well developed in this ourselves as a team that even when people try to push us to do more of a gap analysis and tell us what's wrong, it's just not the way we look at a place. We can go into any school and see what's great about it. And then we can very authentically report back to them. So when they're in the mix and struggling for, through their day-to-day, they hear back what we saw with quotes, with real observations. So it's not, it's not made up. It's not like fluffy language. They're real assets that we saw. And we say, we know you're aspiring to this vision of project-based learning or this vision of restorative practices. And you have these building blocks in class. For example, we saw Mrs. So-and-so do this in her class with an interaction with a student, and it sounded like this. We just did this report out from some schools that we visited in Austin, and we went up to the Austin School District and quoted what students were saying, and people were crying. So the first step of what we do is inventory and reflect back to them their greatness. And then we come up with a very methodical plan for how to build and amplify from that greatness. So we use two sets of tools. One are larger frameworks. Some people call them large group change methods, like appreciative inquiry or improvement science or design thinking. We have tremendous facility with a, with a half a dozen big frameworks. The other thing we use, which are smaller pieces and more like tools, are protocols that are primarily authored by the school reform initiative, but we, we weave in a lot of school reform initiative protocols and hold meetings following principles of critical friendship so that after we've reported back on the assets, we help people make commitments to action. That's another feature of our work. We never leave a place without people having homework to do. So they have actions to take based on their insights from what we reported out, and then we'll coach them from afar through emails, phone calls, and then we'll come back for another touch point and do some job-embedded professional development that has them surface mm-hmm. their best learnings from their efforts, from their first draft efforts. We love this work, and so if there's folks that are listening to this that are interested in getting this kind of support, um, we'd be happy to figure out a way to support them. And we invite everybody Great. out here. We host hundreds of visitors a year here at Eagle Rock School, and it's a magical place. So we invite you and others out to come see us. It sure sounds like it. And check out their website. There's a virtual tour so you can see the beautiful campus that Michael described and some really rich videos uh, from teachers and students that are right there on campus. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you so much, Emily. Thanks to Michael Seguero for speaking with us today, to Emily Liebtag for producing this podcast, and to Troy Lund for mixing support. 
Interested in hearing more about high-quality professional development for educators? Check out Season 2, Episode 3 of the podcast, where Eric Westendorf, CEO of LearnZillion, shares how, with the help of Teacher Dream Team, LearnZillion connects and aligns curriculum, assessment, and professional development to support today's educators. Be sure to visit our podcast channels on both iTunes and SoundCloud to listen to over 80 episodes from ed leaders sharing thought leadership on topics ranging from higher education trends to personalized learning to school choice. And be sure to subscribe and rate us while you're there as well. And as always, check out our blog at gettingsmart.com to read the latest on innovations in learning. For the Getting Smart Podcast, this is Kat and Megan signing off.